This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Week 8 edition of NFL Friday. I'm your host, Charlie Misano, alongside Chris Baccia, Evan Janikin, E-Man in the back, Iman Obari, and Jackson Heil doing some fantasy pickums, guys. What's going on this week? Not too much. Uh, reeling from another tough jet loss, but uh, these things—they're uh, not unexpected ever. So, you know, we keep the spirits high. Yeah, I'm doing good. Obviously, Colts another big win. So, I mean, I'm doing fantastic. ESPN continues to rank them behind the Chiefs, and uh, who else? Who did they just beat this past week? And now they're ranking ahead of well, them. They, like anyone think they, they I'm are, blanking they, completely? They, well, they're <laughs> four and two, so they're looking pretty good. They, <laughs> they, pl- they play good. a two and five Broncos team. That'll that should be another win in the win column for them. Excuse but first, me, the Texans. before we go into the other matchups of the week, we got to talk about the dumpster fire Monday, uh, excuse me, Thursday night game that was last night. The six and two now Vikings beat the Washington Redskins nineteen to nine. I mean, all of us I'm sure watched it a little bit, not too much because it was that bad of a game. It was very very lopsided. But overall, the impressions I took away from it: Adrian Peterson becomes a sixth all time running back in football and in terms of yardage. Uh, Kirk Cousins continues to play well, and Dwayne Haskins just isn't ready yet. Kirk Cousins' last six games, 11 touchdowns, one pick. His QB rating is 125. This is the ultimate pinnacle of Kirk Cousins. He's going to show you six good weeks, and then for me, he's just going to tail off the rest of the season. I don't know any Vikings fans. I don't know if they're excited about this or not. Oh, of course I think, they are. Uh, sure they are, they're but I think two. you're just bound to be let down by Kirk Cousins once again. You never know. I mean, they look pretty good. Stephon Diggs requested a trade four weeks ago, and now he's getting all the targets and all the catches he wants. Yes, because Kirk Cousins was put under the limelight and everybody was saying Kirk Cousins is not playing well, and then he started playing great. And I think that it's just classic Kirk Cousins. He's going to show you a few good performances, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, what, what do you mean by classic Kirk Cousins? I'm just racking my memory here. What 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 well, are you referring well, to when well, you say well, classic Kirk Cousins? For me, Kirk Cousins is that ultimate quarterback. He's going to give you one amazing week against some bad teams. Now, granted, he's played a couple good teams in this stretch. Uh-huh. I mean, the Lions have looked pretty decent. Obviously, their defense was not good against him, but I'm just not a firm believer in Kirk Cousins. I think that every time that he, you know, you think that he's on a roll, he just instantly just starts to tail off into that average category again. They got a pretty good defense over there, though. They do. I, I and think, I think, if anything, that I could I don't know why you're them. bashing Minnesota right now. Uh-huh. I mean, they're 6-2. and two. Less Minnesota, more Better than cousins. Indianapolis. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but still, with, with, this, with this Viking te- Vikings team, I still think the Packers are the number one team in the NFC North. Um, they're going to have to prove that they can go to Green Bay, whether that's yeah. this season or in the playoffs and, and prove that they can they can beat a team of that caliber. For sure, that's what it's going to come down to. It's the classic thing. I mean, if you look at Kirk Cousins, I don't have the exact stats, but from when he plays bad teams, he plays significantly better than when he plays teams above 500. So I think that's what it's going to really determine it. They've got Kansas City, then Dallas, then Denver. Those are going to be three big weeks coming up. You you just you just have Kirk Cousins in the crosshairs today. I do. You I just do. came out ready to you know, you're <laughs> ready to go with uh I don't know. I think he I think he's I think he's pretty good. And I think the Vikings are pretty good, but as you mentioned, Green Bay, Green Bay, they look like, you know, they're an NFC powerhouse. They they could be in the Super Bowl this year, I, and it wouldn't shock me at all. They they look outstanding. And of course, Green Bay has that Sunday night football matchup at Kansas City. No Patrick Mahomes, that's official. Mm-hmm. So that could be a little bit of an easier test for them, considering Kansas City's defense is putrid to say the least. But um, just to wrap a bow, put a bow on this game because 
There's really not much to talk about. We'll talk about the Redskins a little bit. Now 1-7, new head coach. Dwayne Haskins forced to come in because Case Keenum goes into concussion protocol and just proves he's not the guy who we thought he was coming out of college so far. I mean, he was thrusted in a game that they were already down. Um, they are Everyone in the Redskins brass has said he's not ready for, that, for the stage yet. He only threw five passes, three of five, 33 yards in one pick. They were very, very run heavy because they didn't want him throwing the ball. But at, at, at this case... I don't know. I don't even know what to say for this Redskins team. They're just awful. I think there are poorly run teams, and then there are the Redskins. They are probably the worst run team in the NFL, if you ask me. And for me, I think that they just haven't integrated Dwayne Haskins in the right way. Mm. Like they've again, it's the second time that they just thrown him into a game. I think last time they were down big time, and they threw him into the game against the Giants, and he played poorly. Now, obviously, this is a little different. There was an injury on Case Keenum's part. But they're just not integrating Dwayne Haskins the way I think they should be. Do you think he starts next week? Like, should he be there, be out there for the rest of the season? I think. Go ahead, Chris. I know. I. I'm. I mean, I just. I agree with you. It's been totally mismanaged. He's every time he's been in a game, he's, you know, he's started, you know, two 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 steps behind the starting line. You know, because he because he's always coming into a game where the Redskins are trailing big, and he's not getting the opportunity to. To shine as the starting court, he's not being given the mantle properly. So uh, I wouldn't. Although you got to do it, you got to let him start a game. That's how you do it. I don't know if it's next week or if it's week ten, but you know, I wouldn't say thirteen six is a big hole though. He could have come back and won that game for 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 Washington. Yeah, absolutely. But it's much different when you have a full week to prepare, have first team reps the whole week, and just be ready to implement that game plan. I think again, if you want to start him, give him at least a week or maybe a bye week even to think about it. I, I agree with that. I mean, I have to check and see when the Redskins' bye week is. Um, but they're already, they've already played eight games. I'm sure their bye week is in a couple of weeks. But uh, regardless of the fact, that'll, that'll do it for our Thursday Night Football Talk. I don't think any of us want to talk about it anymore. Um, no. Trade deadline coming up October 29th, so four days away. Already a couple of big trades have been made. We already talked about Jalen Ramsey on last week's episode. But this week, on Monday, Emmanuel Sanders of the Broncos gets traded to San Francisco, and Mohamed Sanu of the Falcons gets moved to the Patriots, both teams undefeated. The big talk of the week was debating who do you think did did better in that trade. I personally think that the Patriots did we, did better getting Mohamed Sanu um, because of the way that they have Julian Edelman. They already have Nikhil Harry who's going to come back from IR. Um, they did have Josh Gordon, but he's no longer there. So it just gives Sanu a little bit more um, targets in that offense. Although for San Francisco, I, I know they they run the ball a lot more in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he already has uh, Marquise Goodwin. Um, I mean, he. I, th- I think Sanders will become the number one wide receiver, but still, Sanu, I think, makes a much bigger di- difference for New England than what Sanders does for San Francisco. Yeah, I think on a lot of occasions, Garoppolo's almost been the weak link of that team. He really hasn't played, if you look at it statistically-wise, he really hasn't played up to the standard of an undefeated team. Now, you add Emmanuel Sanders to that mix, I think that does make a much bigger—I think that makes a— huge difference but I would have to agree I think Muhammad Sanu is probably one of the more underrated receivers in the league yeah and you know second second round pick is is that's not nothing but um I I think it makes him instantly better it's a classic Patriots move I'm sure he'll fill a huge role in the offense and uh I I would never doubt a New England transaction ever and while we're talking about the trade deadline what team do you guys think needs to go out and make a move in order to keep up their playoff hopes or maybe make a playoff team even better 
I think it's it's it, that's tough to say. It depends who's on the block. I mean, obviously there are guys. There's tons of names being thrown around right now. Like Janoris Jenkins is one of them. We'll get to that a little bit more later. But again, it kind of depends on the need. In terms of a team, I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head. But I don't know what you guys think. I have one right off the top of my head. The Chicago Bears. Metro Trubisky stinks. They they need a new yeah. quarterback. Yeah, you, you don't trade for a quarterback midseason though in the National Football League. Hey, I've never seen it. If in you're my the life. Chicago Bears, you have the best offense, not offense, defense yeah. in the league. Yeah, and you have Mitchell Trubisky under center every week. I know you got to do something. But who do you do? What do you do? There's no quarterback. There's no market for quarterbacks. Andy uh, Dalton, Cam Newton, even po- I, mean, I don't think possible. I don't, I don't think, think he's going to get dealt, but I think it's possible. I don't think they trade. Cam I just Newton. have never seen it in my life, so I'm just going to go on history here. Charlie, Andy Dalton stinks. <laughs> He's better than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, is he though? Is he though? He uh, might be. They've shown probably the same amount of progression throughout their years. That's why <laughs> it's garbage. If New or- if I'm New Orleans and a team throws a first or second round pick for Teddy Bridgewater, you deal him. I mean, are you are you really getting Teddy Bridgewater though right now? He's better than New Mitchell Orleans? Trubisky. No, I, I I'm not disagreeing with that, but I mean, you look at where New Orleans is at. I mean. Even with Drew Brees coming back, there's got to still be concerns about his health going forward the rest of the year, even with the thumb, because what if he re-aggravates it? And I think a lot of the reason that New Orleans threw so much money to keep Teddy Bridgewater as their backup when he had options to go elsewhere to possibly get a chance to start is that for this exact situation. So I I don't think they're going to trade him. I I agree with Chris on this one. I I don't see a market where a quarterback is getting traded. It's not going to happen, but they should do something. I mean... What are they going to do, though? I mean, they they can't fix their problems, I think, with one move because even if you had a wide receiver at this point because their running back position is basically filled, if you had a Robbie Anderson, what, what's the point of even doing it because Trubisky can't even get in the ball? So, I I don't know. The, the Bears are in a weird spot, I, but I don't see a quarterback yeah, getting it's, moved. It, it's, it's sad, especially with somebody as talented as Allen Robinson having Mitchell Trubisky yeah. throw to him every week. I mean, he is so good for the Bears. Well, regardless, just, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Chicago needs to draft a QB in April if, yes. if they're not going to trade yeah, for one. No or, doubt. No uh, doubt. It's, it's just also crazy. Yeah. I know everyone talks about it, that the Bears traded up one pick <laughs> in the draft to get Mitchell Trubisky when Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were, were sitting right there. Those are your two... Uh, Top five MVP candidates right now. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is hurt, but I mean that's killer. I would hate to be a Bears fan. Is the NFL going to become like that where we have trade deadline frenzies? Because that's that that hasn't a been. lot of players think that the NFL is going to become like the NBA in that in that regard, or or Major League Baseball where you see a ton of deals before the deadline. That's not been the tradition in the NFL, but I think it would add a lot of excitement because that stuff is that stuff's fun, you know. I don't see it. I, I I can see like some position players getting moved, like kind of what we've seen this year with Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters, and it's exciting. But in in it's reality, it's a little more than usual. I it think. is no, it is for sure. But we're never going to get to the point where it's like the NBA, because when we're talking about the NBA, we're talking about the most important players in the league getting traded. The right. most important players in the league are quarterbacks and offensive linemen, and yeah. we're never going to see a situation no. where those guys are moved at the deadline, especially with the long-term contracts that these guys are signing. Yeah, quarterbacks, you want to talk like star linebackers and cornerbacks and stuff. I think I could kind of yeah. see that, though, because teams now have, you know, they've learned to have so much depth that they can mm-hmm. kind of deal with that midseason. A quarterback, again, that's a that's much fair. different thing, but I think I could see that trend shifting towards like the, more towards the NBA than like an MLB right. type thing. But you have like, you know, Atlanta and Denver and Jacksonville who struck deals are teams that are, you know, they're not making any noise this year. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And and then you'd have to 
a quarterback, I get that. That's even if you're a bad team, you're you don't want to uh, trade a franchise quarterback. But you know, maybe a maybe an offensive lineman. I don't see why not. Well, next week, once the trade deadline is officially over, we'll we'll hit more on the deals that are actually made. Um, we still have a couple of days to see what other teams do. Um, but yeah, let's we're gonna go into our Jets and Giants segment of the show. But before we do that, Jackson Howe gives us our first fantasy hit. Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. Gotta say, guys, this week I got a pretty weird list of studs. It doesn't feel right calling Todd Gurley a stud this week, just given the year he's had with his knee injury. But I'll give you this. Last two games he's played in, the carry share is up. 18 carries last week is a career high, even though his yards per carry was actually the worst. Five touchdowns in his last three weeks as well, and this week he gets the worst-ranked defense in the NFL and the worst-ranked run defense in the NFL in the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think if there's a week that Gurley is going to explode, it has to be here in Week 8 against Cincinnati back at home for the Rams. Shift to another running back, and it'll be Chris Carson because even though we struggled a little bit last week, the workload for him has been significant. 20-plus carries in each of the last four games. He also has an Atlanta defense, which has spiraled out of control. And if you look at the way they fared last week against the Rams in that absolute massacre in Atlanta, things are just trending in the wrong direction in Atlanta. Dan Quinn probably going to get fired at some point. And I like the Seahawks to stick with Chris Carson and have a big week here against Atlanta. And sticking in the same game, Julio Jones. He hasn't had that big week yet that he typically has where he goes off for Three touchdowns, 200 yards, something of that nature where he goes for 35 to 40 points in fantasy. Just looking at his face last week on the sideline after that absolute disaster against the Rams, I think he's finally going to take matters into his own hands and say, this is the week where I explode. This is the week where I put the offense on my shoulders because I think he's had enough of it personally, and I think he's going to have a monster week for fantasy owners. Hey, I have Calvin Ridley on my team now after making a trade, so here, here's hear me out. I had, Joe Mi- I had Joe Mixon, and I had the Bears defense. I traded both of them to a friend of mine for Sony Michelle and Calvin Ridley. That actually has turned out well for me. So I'm hoping now with, with Sanu gone that Ridley gets more targets and guys, and then Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley yeah. just go off for the Falcons. Michelle's but, also a monster, too. I mean, I mean he gets like 50 week. yards a game, but he scores like But he's their red zone yeah. guy, and with how often New England's been in the red zone, that's always a good person to go with. and I agree with you on Julio Jones he vigorously supported oh Dan gosh. Quinn after the game really oh yeah he I'm, was big time supporting well, Dan he's Quinn's get, he's, I agree with Jackson he's getting canned after this year yeah no he they've is. regressed oh, every no, year he's been there 100 percent. you just gotta respect Julio though like yeah. it, it, it's it's so ridiculous what like he's had to go with in Atlanta and he's not the diva that Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown are he keeps his head down even though he looked pissed on the sideline and I don't blame him because they got absolutely eviscerated by the Rams I just think that at some point he's just going to be like, all right, screw everyone. Yeah, he's, one of, the few, he's one of the few wide receivers that leads by example, I would say, which is a really good quality to have. Appreciate you, Jackson. We'll get you on a couple more times, and obviously for the Pick'em segment. But first, got to talk about Chris Bocci's favorite New York Jets. <laughs> yep, and Gang Green last week on Monday Night Football – Got eviscerated by the New England Patriots, 33-0 at MetLife Stadium. It was I was there. It was awful. Chris and Jackson were there too. Really, really poor game. Uh, I detail about it a little bit, and then I talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are their opponent this week, in my Jets Report of the Week. Just when Jets fans started to book their February flights to Miami, 
the team snapped back to reality. Gangrene's shocking win against the NFC East leading Cowboys looks to be well in the rearview mirror after the team's disastrous 33-0 loss to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Sam Darnold played what was probably the worst game of his career, finishing with only 86 yards, throwing four interceptions, and losing a fumble. To top off his historically bad performance, Halloween came early for him. The second-year QB was mic'd up for the broadcast and said on the bench that he was, quote, seeing ghosts on the field. Darnold went on to clarify his statement and believes that the team will bounce back from the loss. I just got to see the field a lot better. That's kind of what that means. And, um, you know, just it was it was a rough day out there, rough night out there. And obviously I got to be better and learn from the mistakes. Uh, but we, we will get better. Regardless of what the face of the franchise thinks, the Jets are in trouble moving forward. C.J. Mosley's groin injury is more serious than anticipated and has already been ruled out for Sunday. Robbie Anderson is on the trading block, and the team is feuding with injured offensive lineman Kalecio Semele on whether he should get shoulder surgery to fix a torn labrum. With all of this going on at one Jets drive, the team will have to try and leave it there when they head to Jacksonville for a Sunday afternoon matchup against the Jaguars. In Nick Foles' absence, rookie Gardner Minshew has been a nice spark plug on offense to keep the Jags only one game under 500. In what should be a winnable matchup for the Jets, I believe Sam Darnold has a bounce-back game and leads the team to a much-needed victory. Give me the Jets in a low-scoring affair, 14-9. Covering the... I'm Charlie Misano, WFUV Sports. All right, so Gardner Minshew and the, and the Jaguars welcome the Jets to Florida for this week's matchup. And But before we go into that matchup, we got to talk about Sam Darnold's worst game of his career, 86 yards, four interceptions, one fumble. I mean, he said it on the field. He was seeing ghosts. What do you guys make of the, the terrible game the former USC quarterback had? I mean, I this is what you get with Sam Darnold. I'm not saying that he's going to be throwing picks week in, week out, but you knew at USC he's a guy that throws a lot of interceptions. But either way, this is just classic Patriots, them you know, really sticking it to a young quarterback. I had to deal with it for you know, seven years with Andrew Luck, just he never beat the Patriots. So they what they like to do with young quarterbacks is they blitz the crap out of them. And now, I mean, that's what happened to Sam Darnold. He was, again, like you said, seeing ghosts. He was throwing to people where there were not even receivers anywhere near the ball. It was, It's just a tough look. And it's, you know, this is probably the best defense that the Patriots have had in a while. So I can't fault him too much, but just really, I mean, disastrous. Yeah. Um, New England in these big games, they can trap you because you can think after the Jets had a big week against um, the Cowboys against Dallas at home, you know, you, you thought, okay, all right, Darnold's back in the fold. This could be a competitive Monday Night Football game, and 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 once they get you, once they get you thinking that, <laughs> that's when they strike because. First- it, it, and then they just embarrass you, <laughs> embarrass you. Believe me, I've been through it way too many. First times. drive of the game, they they drew, marched down the field eight minutes for a touchdown, and then Sam Darnold responds with a, with a pick, and they they're right in the red zone. So yeah, Adam Gase talked about it after the game. He said after that happened, I mean the, the life on the team just like got eviscerated. Yeah, out. which is which is unacceptable. They're, they're, that's not a that's not an answer to why did your team play well? Oh well, we just we got that. It's 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 unacceptable. I mean, Adam Gase is hopeless right now. You you can't. You, you the the point of your job is to make sure that your team's morale stays up. It you know inside of, inside of challenge, right? I mean, isn't that your job? But 
uh, he just allowed things to, to slip away, and they gave up after the first quarter. Are we going to talk about Ghost Skate at all? Because <laughs> that was something that really bothered me this Why week. did it bother you? Well, it bothered me because I don't think that it's that big of a deal. The Jets made a, this huge deal out of it after the game. I think quite a few players went and supported Darnold afterwards, but... As uh, the NFL reps, don't they have somebody from the Jets in studio saying you can air that and you cannot? I- I'm not. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, the Jets had to give Darnold a mic, a mic, and allow <laughs> yeah. him to go on that platform. Yeah, against the Patriots, you're using your star quarterback against the Patriots. If I was the Jets, up. if I was the Jets, I'd mic up Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, That's who I would have. I agree. Up. Uh, how I about agree. these but guys not- shouldn't have to mic anybody up? You should. It's what are you going to say when you're mic? There's like 99% of the things that you would say on the sideline you can't say because you have a mic on. I don't know yeah, how that works. But, but the, How does that work? The, the precedent in general is I don't think that it's that bad that he said, I'm seeing ghosts. You're playing the best defense in the league and you're a second-year quarterback. No, it just made him That's look not that bad. embarrassing. Made him look bad. I don't think it's that embarrassing. I don't. He was seeing ghosts. Who, who cares? I know. Who cares about the comment at this But the point? Jets do for no reason. That's you know? why I'm mentioning and it. And that, that's the problem with this yeah. all. Exactly. Because Adam Gase should be worrying about the Jaguars' defense – First of all, and, and instead, all he's talking about is how he hasn't talked to Colecchio Semele over that's a this whole nonsense though. that's gone on. That's, that's a disgrace. And, and how he wants to investigate NFL films allowing exactly. Sam Darnold's mic to allow that to go through. That, that That's what's a joke that's lost in all of this is that the Patriots ran cover zero blitz the entire game. And no matter what the Jets did, they had no answer. They had no adjustment. And it was absolutely pathetic to watch. And that falls all on Adam Gase. I, I, what, what a joke. I think the Coleccio Semele debacle is a disgrace. Like, the guy went to a doctor, got a second opinion. He needs shoulder surgery to repair his torn labrum, and the team refuses to let him get the surgery, and then they fine him for being away from the team for an unexcused absence. Like, what is that, well, what is that showing you? Well, the team is contending that he doesn't need the surgery. I don't know. That becomes a medical issue that we can't speak to, but... Uh, but even like his teammates, only the Jets. Only have you ever heard of that in your life? <laughs> have you ever heard of that in your life? Baseball, football, basketball—I don't care the sport. Have you ever heard of team doctors disagreeing with other doctors? I'm, they're doctors. They—they're—they're they, they're unbiased. They don't have. But somehow the Jets managed to find the two doctors in the world who disagreed on the condition of. I can't say his name's Kalechi. shoulder. Kalechio Oshemele, whatever. <laughs> Ridiculous. It happened with Kawhi Leonard. It happened yeah, with right. Andrew Luck. All right, so it has yeah. happened. How about Andrew Luck? He <laughs> yeah. had to go to Europe to get his shoulder fixed. Well, it looks, it looks worse because of the Jets. <laughs> it has happened. Yes, your, your face is beat red <laughs> it, it, right it, now. It looks, it looks worse because it's happening in the midst of a stretch where the Jets have five offensive touchdowns in six games this year. They have been an absolute disgrace to watch over the last, really since the season started, honestly. Yeah. And after the, after a week in which they were absolutely embarrassed on Monday Night Football to their biggest rival with Bill Belichick smiling on the sideline, one of the rarest things in all of sports. If you got Bill Belichick to smile, you, you you know you're doing something wrong because because it's an absolute embarrassment to have him come to his old stomping grounds and be able to do that to the New York Jets. Old stomping grounds in one day. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, I think the Patriots are at the point where they don't consider a victory a victory if it's not a shutout. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Jets, you know, they just have a way. They just have a way of ruining your night and ruining your week. They just have a way. They have a way well, of of making you ups- of ruining your week. To make matters even worse, I said in my report, Robbie Anderson on the trading block. He uh, Oakland is Good, looking at him, him right now. Trade him and C.J. Mosley probably out for the year. I saw that. 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> he he was he looked really slow on Monday Night Football. Didn't look yeah. like the groin injury was was back to 100%. He got ran over by Sony Michelle yeah. too. Yeah. I, if I'm Jeez. the Jets, I send him out, make sure he's healthy for next year and just start fresh. And Chris Chris Herndon doing everything he can to stay off the field too and hard <laughs> to blame him to be True. honest. It's oh, uh, what a disaster. The team is All right. Before we wrap this up, Jaguars on Sunday. I think that the Jets somehow come back and win this game. I don't think Gardner I think Gardner Minshew's good, but I don't think that He'll torch the Jets, and I think Sam Darnold needs a performance to avenge last week's performance. So I'm just trying to stay positive here, and they have an easy schedule coming up. I think this will be a, a must-win and, a, and a, an easy go-get for the Jets. No, yeah, I'm still on the Gardner Minshew train somewhat, but he has slowed down and come down to earth in the past couple weeks. So I think the Jets should be ma- able to manage him defensively. But, again, like I'm still a little bit worried about the Sam Darnold performance. I hope that doesn't carry over to next week a little bit, but – I could see them going in and beating the Jaguars. It's just tough after watching what we did on Monday night. I think they're going to lose. I, 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 <laughs> I'm right with you then, man. I'm right with I, you. I definitely do. I, th- I think Gardner Minshew's actually pretty good. I think they're better than their record is. I think they're going to beat the Jets. I, I can't look at Adam Gase without like wanting to put my fist through a wall. <laughs> like that. That's what. That's where I'm at. It, with, but with it's the not. Jets. But to me. It's not as bad as it was with Todd Bowles. I mean, Bowles, I wanted to kill him. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I guess how, is it, how is it not as bad, though? No, because it, the, the circumstances here are just different. They're they're just different, you know? Well, I'm, explain them to me, because Adam Gase is is well, making a fool of himself well, and making a fool of the he, organization he's only had every his, time he goes out there. He's, he's one and two with Darnold against, you know, he's one and two with, with his real team. So, he's one and two. Uh, Todd Bowles was... I don't know the record off the top of my head, but he was terrible with Sam. You know, he was just the guy was embarrassing. They, they've looked, I'm not saying that that Gase can't become that. He certainly can. If they have, if if they continue to lose through as the schedule Gase doesn't gets get a easier, pass, he needs know, to be fired after this year. If they continue to, I they, already think he should be fired. Prepared every single week on offense, and and that's unacceptable considering we're talking about a guy who's supposedly an offensive guru, and he's been anything but that. I think e- even if the team wins four or five games, I think he'll keep his job, which is sad. I I just I I think the one year th- I, you rarely see somebody get you know less you know you you rarely see someone only get one year I I think they'll give him a second year but, but. With, with the fresh GM and Joe Douglas even though he's apparently a gay guy oh, yeah. I, I I don't know I I think unfortunately I think he'd lose a lot of credibility with the friend with the fan base if he kept them on board yeah but it's hard to tell Joe Douglas but it's it, I agree it is hard to fire a guy after one year especially when he's pretty much the reason that. Joe Apparently Douglas, Douglas was. Yeah. That's the thing. It's hard to tell who's really running the team yeah. because if 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 Gase brought in the general man, if he he literally hired the general manager as the head coach, which is again another backward thing. But um, tragedy. So can he even fi- can can a GM fired the guy who hired him? Probably not. <laughs> did they think that through when they did this? Did they no. think that through? No, they no. never do. They, they never think. think through anything. Did they think when they kept Mike McCagnan uh, in the off season to to do all the shopping and then they just said you're fired? No, they didn't think. They don't think. <laughs> I'm gonna let Chris have the final thought there. No, that's it. That's the final. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm. I think you're you're gonna get the final thought on the Jets. We're gonna move on <laughs> from this circus and move on to the Giants, who are, are equally as bad. Um, so, before we go to the Giants, let's talk to Jackson for another fantasy hit. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. So, all of my duds are coming from the same team. And it's just going to be the entire Cleveland Browns offense. 
they got a tough test this week in New England, and we saw what the Patriots' defense did to Sam Darnold, Adam Gase last week, so apparently we're not done with the Jets yet. But first off, let's start with Baker Mayfield. The guy has no accuracy whatsoever. He looks like he got bigger during the offseason, and he has not found any sort of continuity under Freddie Kitchens. The turnovers have been an issue, and when you're going up against the most turnover-prone team, arguably in NFL history, in the New England Patriots, recipe for disaster. Pats are going to stack the box again like they do. They're going to play cover zero blitz, essentially, which means they're going to be bringing everyone and playing man coverage with their corners. So that's not going to leave a whole lot of running room for Nick Chubb, even with how good he's been this year because he's been fantastic. And then the other one I'll focus on is Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to basically have to go up against Stephon Gilmore, who's probably the best cornerback in the league right now, one-on-one for the most part, with little to no time to throw for Baker Mayfield. So this matchup has disaster written all over it for Cleveland. Thank you, Jackson, for that one. You got one more coming up after we talk about the Giants. But first, we're going to talk some Big Blue. Giants coming off a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. And the Giants really weren't the story for our purposes. The big story of the day was Fordham alum Chase Edmonds scoring three touchdowns and torching the Giants' defense. Emmanuel Barbari filling in for Brianna Levery this week on the Giants' support goes a little more into depth about that. The hometown hero becomes Big Blue's worst nightmare. Chase Edmonds, backup Arizona Cardinals running back, ran for a career-high three touchdowns and 126 yards. The second-year player completely took over for pro bowler David Johnson and made quick work of dismantling the Giants' run defense. Not only did Edmonds have a stellar game, but he was able to do it just 20 miles from where he came into his own as a college athlete at Fordham University. It meant everything just to, you know, be back here close to Fordham and really where it all started for me. You know, obviously I was a small recruit, and to be able to come out here in front of the big crowd and do what I did was a blessing. With family and friends in attendance and former college teammates watching on TV, Edmonds had the game of his life while the Giants had one of their worst of the season. Even with the return of Saquon Barkley and Evan Engram, the Giants couldn't find their rhythm losing their third straight game in a row, 27-21. Turnovers have become the biggest issue plaguing the team, with two lost fumbles and one Daniel Jones interception in a poor effort against the Cardinals. Throughout the last three games, the team had eight turnovers and only four offensive touchdowns. Coach Pat Shermer believes that every part of the team needs significant improvement. we got to do a better job all over offense, defense. Special teams did a good job of blocking but we we got to make our field goals still, so we just got to do a better job all the way around. Key offensive weapon Sterling Shepard will remain sidelined by a concussion for the third straight week, while cornerback Corey Ballantyne will miss his second game in a row with the same injury. The Detroit Lions, at the bottom of the NFC North, are also looking to end a three-game losing streak. The two teams should be evenly matched, having similar struggles across the board, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But quarterback Matthew Stafford has been very consistent and should have no problem against the lackluster New York defense. So this week, I have the Lions overtaking Big Blue 27-17. Covering the Giants, I'm Emmanuel Barbari, WFUV Sports. Tyler Murray and the Cardinals go into MetLife and destroy the Giants. I mean, it's it looked good on paper, 27-21, but this game was lopsided from, from the start, and it wasn't, it wasn't fun for Giants fans. Yeah, but again, we got to talk about Chase Edmonds. I think, and I have been saying this for weeks, 
I think that he's a better rusher than David Johnson. I think David Johnson should be put in the slot, and they should let Chase Edmonds get, take the bulk of the carries. I've been saying that for a while. You guys might disagree with me, and obviously I'm a little biased. But <laughs> We're all a little biased. But, but I think that David Johnson is much better as a receiver. I mean, when David Johnson first came into the league, his first two years, he was a beast running the football. And for some reason, for the past couple of years, whether that's been – I know one year he missed like the entire year. Yeah, he had some injuries. But yeah. uh, other than that, I think – He's he's a good a good receiving receiving back, but you can't just like not give David Johnson carries, no, you know? No, absolutely. I th- you know what? I should backtrack a little bit. I think that he should maybe at like an Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon kind of situation where you know, Gordon gets a lot of the carries, but at the same time Eckler's still going to be somebody who's going to put up a bunch of numbers right. week in week out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they will lean on Edmonds more he- more heavily after he had Sort of a coming out party in in New York. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. Three yeah, I touchdowns. Mean, I, I mean, he's averaging like six, seven yards a carry this season. David Johnson in the past two or three seasons is let me see three point six, three point nine. Yeah, it's That's, a it's a feel good story. I mean, I, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in on Chase. As am I. I mean, and David Johnson, I think, has already been declared out this week. So Chase Edmonds is going to get a bulk of okay. the carries, all the carries for Arizona. So hopefully, he continues that. But now we got to focus on the the team that is in our area, and the New York Giants. Daniel Jones looked awful. I mean, if it wasn't for the Jets' bad game on Monday night, he would have been the story of the week. He was that bad. 22 of 35, 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and I think he fumbled the ball like two or three times. He, this, the guy does not know how to hold on to the football. Yeah, yeah it's a little problem. bit one of those like Eli Manning kind of style lines. You look after the game and you're like, oh, you know what, 22 for 35, he threw for a touchdown, 200, almost 250 yards. You're like, ah, it's not that bad of a game. But then if you actually watch the game, it was not pretty. Missing wide re- wide receivers wide open. I mean, the weather was kind of bad, but still, no excuse. Yeah. Miss, missing missing guys wide open, that's not that's not something you can do as a as a quote unquote face or franchise quarterback. Yeah, there there there's a there's a lot riding on him, you know, I and and Dave Gettleman's reputation is kind of hanging in the balance. And at the start it looked okay, but then you just said, "Wait a minute, let's see." But again, I don't think the Giants. I think they have a bad team. Period. The end. I think their defense is really bad. They got, they got carved up by Chase Edmonds. Not to, not to, you know, knock Chase, but he carved up a really bad defense on Sunday. So that's a factor here too. And so the Giants, nobody expects them to 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 make much noise this year. So uh, there's a little less pressure on Jones. I think it's a better situation than say Dwayne Haskins, at least. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been integrating him definitely in right ways, at least. They uh, they named him the starter like a competent franchise should the right. week before he was starting, right? which is much different from Haskins, obviously, who's just been thrown into the mix. I won't get into Haskins too much, but with Daniel Jones, obviously, like you're going to have some rookie starts, but it's been a string of quite a few weeks now where I'm starting to get a little bit worried for him. I don't know if it's just he's getting in his own head. I'm a or, Giants fan. I'm worried. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely worried if I'm a Giants fan. I think... He just hasn't looked sharp. I mean, obviously, in the preseason, he was great. His first start, two starts, he was very good. And he just hasn't had that same touch. He's looked unconfident in the pocket. He's kind of been scrambling out of the pocket because he doesn't look comfortable. And I just don't see him having the ability to, you know, to be able to do that, like a Patrick Mahomes or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think the Giants will, I-, I think they'll move on from Shermer at the end of the year. And you think so? I think they may. And, I- and I'm-, I'm just thinking about it now. I- maybe they bring in the supposed quarterback guru, which we've seen. I mean, we've seen team the Jets tried it with Gase, but it's worked in 
in L.A. with with McVay, and you see it, you know, you saw it also with uh, Trubisky in Chicago. But I wonder if the Giants go out and, and get a guy to coach up uh, Daniel Jones. Well, it's also a matter of drafting offensive line. Eight right. sacks this week. I mean, yeah. that's unbelievable. Well, their their offensive line is way better than last year. Better than the Jets as well. Yeah. But uh, but it still it still yeah. needs so much improvement. I mean, you can't allow eight sacks to. The, any team, let alone, I mean, the Cardinals have been good in the past rushes of the year, but just no. The un- Cardinals are not so, the Cardinals sorry. of the past. The Cardinals of the past. Excuse me, but it's just eight sacks either way is an unreal number, and it needs to improve, especially with a young quarterback. Everybody knows what happens when you have a young quarterback who's constantly getting hit. I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson, he's a guy that gets hit all the time. He's had a great year, nonetheless, but he's so talented that it's, you know. Looking ahead quickly. Um, they face a 2-3-1 and one Detroit team. Already Sterling Shepard ruled out with concussion. Uh, this is the week. This is a make-or-break week for the Giants. I mean, the, the Lions have looked better than people expected, but yeah. this is not, I don't think, a playoff team. Matt Stafford has looked good this year, but their defense also is not up to par with other teams in the NFC North. Saquon Barkley could have a good game. Golden Tate should have a good game. This is a game that the Giants should win, and we'll get, we'll get into in our predictions, but... I don't know. I don't know how how it'll shake out. Yeah, in Detroit, I don't know if it's a game. I mean, on you know, it's a game that maybe before the year you marked as a, a game you wanted to win. But the Lions look pretty good. They could they could score fifty points this week. Yeah, Matt Stafford's been having a sneaky, pretty good year. No carry on Johnson either. He has a knee injury, so it's going to be a running back by committee for Detroit. Um, I real I I'm if I'm a Giants fan, I'm a little weary going into the week. But again, it's a game that you must win. Yeah, they definitely. If you're even thinking playoffs, I, I don't think any Giants fans are really, you know, thinking that at this point. But yeah, the Lions overall. I mean, they've had a couple tough weeks, but to start off the season, I mean, they were very good under Matt Patricia. Yeah, you. I don't think you're thinking playoffs at all. But if you are, it's a must-win. But again, uh, I, I don't see them coming out of Detroit with a win. It's just the NFC East is so bad that they could theoretically make the playoffs, but it's just not I don't happening. think not it's happening. not happening. <laughs> not happening. Sorry, Giants fans. Sorry, Giants fans, but we're gonna move on. I mean, nothing really much to talk else about this team. Both the Jets and Giants are terrible. Uh, we'll get one more fantasy hit with Jackson, then we'll wrap up with our pick pick'em segment. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. All right, thanks, John Furlong. LaShawn McCoy is who I'll start it out with. Workload concerns are definitely there for me because you look at the backfield, Damian Williams, he's sharing it with. But McCoy carries her up the last two weeks, averaging over five yards per carry in his last two games. And he gets a Green Bay defense as 29th against the run this year, only starting in 30% of leagues. So he's a guy that can certainly be a sleeper. Chase Evans, guy we talked about earlier against the Giants, big week last week, three touchdowns, still only starting in 31% of leagues. And I love the workload for him. It's a run-heavy offense in Arizona. He's got a tough task this week against New Orleans, one of the fourth best rushing defenses in the league. But I think the workload's going to be a big thing as well. And another guy we talked about as my final sleeper, Gardner Minshew. And all I have to say is that it's the New York Jets. Nice, quick, and short from Jackson. And now we're going to go into my favorite part of the show, our NFL Pick'em segment. This week's NFL Picks. All right, so we're going to start off Atlanta versus Seattle. Matt Ryan right now questionable. Regardless if he's playing or not, I got Seattle. Seattle. They're they're good. I like Seattle quite a bit. Atlanta stinks. Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. I'm with you, Jackson. Please, Seattle. <laughs> 
And I think E-Man in the back, he's riding in his pick. He's going to go with Seattle as well. So clean sweep there. Chicago Bears versus the Chargers. The Chargers lost the game against the Titans last week after Melvin Gordon fumbled on the one-yard line with 20 seconds left in the game. There are there are two and five now. I mean, the Bears also not looking good with Trubisky, but I think the Chicago Bears have a better defense, so I'm just going to roll with them. The Chargers suck. I didn't, you just didn't see that happening either. They were supposed to be a threat in the AFC. They're not. I think Chicago's going to win this game. We go from big disappointment in Atlanta to even bigger disappointment in the Chargers, but I'm going with the Chargers this week. I, I've picked, a, picked them so many times this week. They've let me down, and I'm just going to have them let me down I'm, again. Yeah, the Falcons are my letdown team, but I'm also going to pick the Chargers here just because I think that Phillip Rivers has a chance to do something against the Bears defense. They've been vulnerable a little bit in the past, so let's see. Lions and Giants, Detroit the home team. Again, no carry on Johnson. I'm still going to go with Detroit. The Giants just look awful, and I think Daniel Jones has another bad performance. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with my word on the last segment. I think Detroit is a pretty good team. I think the Giants are not, and I think they'll win at home. Also like Detroit, I think they're one of the better teams that isn't really getting talked about in the league. Obviously, middling record thus far, but... I like Detroit. Like their defense a lot too. Like what Matt Patricia's done. Yeah, there. I was I was gonna mention the defense, Matt Patricia. That's why I'm picking the Lions as well. I think that they're gonna throw the right packages. Daniel Jones, he's really gonna struggle. Clean sweep on that one as well. Jets and Jaguars. I said in my report, I think that the Jets win narrowly, 14 to nine. I'm I'm you know I'm tempted, but but I definitely I think Jacksonville is gonna gonna beat them. I think they're gonna embarrass us. I don't know how I can pick an Adam Gase led team again after what I watched last week. Yeah. Give me Jacksonville. Yeah, Charlie, I'm with you on low scoring, but I'm also going to go with Jacksonville. I think that Gardner Minshew is going to have a much better game this week. E-Man had the Giant, the Jets in the back, and he's quickly changed it to the Jaguars. <laughs> so I'm alone on this one. Uh, but I, I'm going to roll with it. Hopefully I get the win. Chargers against the 0-7 Bengals. Rams. Rams. Yeah, uh, the, another Los Angeles team. The Rams against the Bengals. Regardless, doesn't matter. Even if they play the Chargers, I still pick the, the other team. Does Cincinnati finally get a win? No. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking the Rams. I can agree with y'all on this one. <laughs> yeah, LA. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Tampa Bay and Tennessee. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Tampa Bay and Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill making his second start with the Titans. Jameis Winston had a putrid performance in London before their bye week. Oh, this one's kind of tough. Two terrible teams. I'm going to just roll with Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I don't, you know, Tampa Bay has shown some flashes. Tennessee, Ta Tannehill is Tampa Bay. I'll take Tampa Bay. <laughs> I've, for some reason, picked Jameis so many times this year, and I'm sticking with it. I, I think the Titans <laughs> stink. Let's go with Jameis and the Bucks. Yeah, I'm actually going to pick the Bucks at two. Wow. I know, yeah. Uh, he, it's weird to think that he's in his fifth year now. Second, and Mario, second game this week that I'm the only one that picked the other team. So hopefully I win them both. That would be pretty cool. Um, I'll brag in all your faces. Sure. Buffalo versus Philly. Philly's been really underperforming lately, and Buffalo look has, has looked surprisingly good. Buffalo's also the home team, so I'm going to roll with Josh Allen and the Bills. This is a statement game for Philadelphia. They they have to win. I mean, it's time, and Buffalo really is not as good as their record says. I think the Eagles and Doug Peterson are going to find a victory on the road. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Buffalo's defense very impressive. I'm not impressed with Josh Allen and this Bills offense, so I'm going to roll with Philly. That, Buffalo, by the way, almost lost to the Dolphins last week, which will tell you all I need to know. Well, they also almost beat the Patriots, so I'm going to go with the Bills. I am a big Josh Allen believer, so oh, you guys, yes. 
I am a huge Josh Allen. Just had an easy schedule. Evan's favorite game of the week, the Indianapolis Colts against the Denver Broncos. I almost had a brain fart there. <laughs> Regardless, it's uh, I think Jacoby Brissett gets the win in the, on the Colts. Uh, you know, I want to pick Denver. I really do because <laughs> I, I just think Indianapolis is is I, I I'm not a believer in them. But I, I, all right, he Emmanuel already put it in. Give me the Broncos. <laughs> I'm going with Indy. Uh, Denver stinks. It's the obvious Not pick. a believer in the Colts. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I have Jacoby Brissett as a sleeper MVP candidate. Look at his stats right now. You can't argue with it. I'm going roll Colts. All the way. Cardinals and Saints. I'm not sure if Drew Brees is playing or not. They haven't really said anything. Don't think he is. Um, I'm going to go with the upset here and say Arizona. No. No way. New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing these off the cuff. New Orleans, is they're too good. They're going to beat Arizona. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I'm going New Orleans. Yeah, I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, uh. You're alone again, Charlie. I'm yeah. alone again. Whatever. <laughs> undefeated 49ers against the Panthers. This game, I'm going to go with the undefeated team in the 49ers. You know, I think Carolina is going to finally knock off San Francisco because they are a bad 7-0. They're, they're just not a good 7-0. Battle of undefeated quarterbacks in this one. Kyle Allen undefeated. Jimmy Garoppolo undefeated. I'm going to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo in this one. Love San Francisco's defense. Their pass rush is one of the most underrated in the league. I love their defense too, but I'm going to have to go with the Panthers here, I think. I just think that the 49ers have not been a convincing undefeated team. I'm rolling Panthers. I think they look great. The Houston Texans and the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders got demolished by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last week. Uh, doesn't matter. I still go with Houston. <laughs> this is another trap game. I I think it'll be very close because I think Oakland, they they you know they they hang around with the exception of Green Bay, but give me Deshaun Watson. Give me Houston. Terrible matchup for Oakland's defense. They give up big plays in the passing game. DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson. I love that. Give me Houston. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Knock on wood up here with me. Oh, Anyone no, not with no you? one's okay. with no you. one's with you. <laughs> clearly. Browns and the undefeated Patriots. Patriots are home. I mean, they just dismantle the Jets. They dismantle every team they play. So I think everyone here is going. He meant Emans put Pats across. He's the being board. very, very, <laughs> he's being very even. presumptuous. Yeah. Oh wait, but Jarvis Landry. Don't forget to put Browns. Wait, you're playing. You're picking. No, the Browns? no, 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 no. Okay. Jarvis Landry guaranteed. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, clean sweep there. Kansas City, no Patrick Mahomes. Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. You got to go with that. Advantage, so yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Yeah, the Packers—they are a force, and they may be the the most. They may be the only team that can beat New England in this league. Give me Green Bay, even though they're playing Kansas City, obviously. But talked bad about Matt Lafleur and the Packers offense earlier this year. I need to retract it because Green Bay has been so good of late. Aaron Rodgers, perfect last week. I like Green Bay without Patrick. Yeah, Jones. they're unstoppable. But in Arrowhead, it makes a little bit of a difference. But I'm still going Packers. And to finally round us out, you saved the best for last. Not really. Toilet Bowl. The Toilet Bowl. Pittsburgh Steelers against the winless Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm still going to go with uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, this is a real snooze fest. I think, uh, yeah, I think Pittsburgh has got to beat Miami. If there's a game that can top how bad last week's game was, it's this one, and I'm going with Pittsburgh. You know what? Pittsburgh. Yeah, no way. I thought about it for a second. <laughs> Everyone on Pittsburgh? All right, we're all in agreement there. Yes. But that'll wrap up this week's edition of NFL Friday. Thank you, guys. E-Man, Emmanuel Barbari in the back, Chris Baccia, Jackson Hyle with the Fantasy Hits, Evan Janikin. I'm Charlie Masano. Make sure you tune in next week for our Week 9 edition, and we'll talk about all the trade deadline stuff for all the NFL fans out there. 
One-on-One's NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.